This episode is brought to you by Relief Band. Being nauseous is quite literally one of the worst feelings in the world. I think I get nauseous often because of anxiety, migraines, all of it, and for years have been searching for a fix, and finally I found one with Relief Band. So Relief Band has actually been clinically proven to relieve nausea and vomiting, and it's the only over-the-counter wearable device that is even trusted by hospitals. Simply put it on your wrist and start to feel better within minutes. As you are getting ready to take that summer road trip, hopping on the boat, or maybe just anxious about heading back into the office, we've got good news. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive order just for Chatty Broads listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Chatty, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 20 day money back guarantee. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code Chatty for 20% off plus free shipping. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. excited that you were down to come on i'm so excited i love you guys okay listen um i loved you guys the entire time (laughs) becca you there was one thing you did say that i cannot repeat ever (laughs) like ever and i'm pretty open sexually I was like, oh, yeah, that is not called for. Wow. <laughs> Check out recap number eight. Well, on, <laughs> oh, wait, of Tasha's season or of Katie's? Tasha's. Oh, my God. I'm going to go straight to it Hang after. On. Okay. No, I, no, no. I made notes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> episode eight. Recap episode eight. I didn't put in the time, though, <laughs> but it's something that you referred to Blake loves to do this thing sexually and it is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> As be like, honest. Okay, well. <laughs> be honest. Have you ever done it in your life? Whatever it was. No, I said. <laughs> no, no, ever. And I would tell you. <laughs> I have no fucking Never. idea what I said. It was so funny because when Jess said, "Oh my god," when Jess said that you were down to come on, you said you you made some reference to something we had said, like about calling Blake a porn star, and I was like, "Don't remember that. I don't have any recollection about anything we said about this man on Tasha's season." And um, I, I, I do. <laughs> it's forever seared in your memory. I would imagine as the mother, yes, indeed. Okay. I mean, we normally give an intro into when we have a guest on, but can we leave that in and just start with that organic, lovely tidbit of information? Because yeah, for it. Yeah. Broads, today we are joined by the iconic mother of Blake Moines. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say this. I'm going to venture and say this, Emily. Barb gave us a lot of content. She she did. she did. But by a mile, you are the best parent that has ever been on the show, in my humble opinion. Wow. And so we are honored, honored to have you on Chatty Broads today. Thanks. It's been, honestly, you guys, it has been so much fun. Like, yeah. Right from day one. Yeah. Have you watched The Bachelor for a long time? 
Yeah. Listen, I watched The Bachelor when Alex was the first Bachelor and he picked Michelle. He was the first. Then it was Trista. She was the Bachelorette. Yes, Yes. we love her. First Bachelorette. I've been watching The Bachelor for, I'm going to say like 20 years. It feels like a long time. It's changed like so much. I loved, loved. Do you remember? Do you remember Dr. Stork, Travis Stork? I don't know. I was like with some of the more the earlier on seasons, I was kind of in and out because I would watch it with my mom. And so it was depending on like if she was really into the season, then I would ride with her and watch it. Um, But I'm trying I like Andrew Firestone, I think, was the first season I ever watched. So I was hooked in the beginning because it was a real love story in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, fuck, I thought they were. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I was lacking seriously in my life. So um, I was hooked. And but I do remember Dr. Stork was my favorite. And then I watched pretty much all of it until like Hannah Brown's season. There's a Uh few I didn't watch in there. Like I didn't see Colton's season. I I didn't see Hannah Brown's season. When they got sort of younger, I kind of lost sure. a little bit of interest. Sure. Um, but Blake, well, he didn't grow up watching it. I'm like, he wasn't watching it with me, but he knew that mom watched The Bachelor. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So you'd have it on like in the background and he's yeah. in the house. So it's yeah. part of his upbringing, even if he wasn't like, you know, all in totally. all the time. Yeah. How did he end up on the show? Did he go so, audition or nominate or what? Yeah. So he, um, yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Okay. So he is a part of a hockey team and he was like the last single, I don't know whether to look at you or to look at you. So just look <laughs> at yourself. My guys are going My eyes are going okay. So he's part of this hockey team and he's like one of the last single guys on his hockey team. And he had been single for probably a year, maybe, I don't know, a year and a half. And he was dating. And so the guys were all like living vicariously through his dating stories you know he's such a porn star star. (laughs) (laughs) he had great stories and so it literally came out of um in the dressing room one night like Blake you need to go like on a tv reality show and Blake really wanted to go on naked and afraid Uh uh-huh oh my god he would (laughs) be so good on that he should we still get him on oh he would totally do it um but they're like yeah you should go like on the bachelorette so he literally went home that night you guys and sent in an application and like got a call almost immediately or something. Wow. And then it just all spiraled. And I remember he called me one night and he's like, Hey mom. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go on the bachelorette. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? And he's like, ah, oh, I, I signed up and I'm going on like, I don't know, my first interview or my second interview. And I was like, yes <laughs> do it yes. I'm all about my kids like living life have experiences create mm-hmm. memories like Blake honey you're killing rats for a living <laughs> you're not missing anything in life by going on the bachelorette <laughs> go on the bachelorette so um you know we, I said like you could get edited anyway but yeah, right it's an experience and this opportunity is presented. I was all for it. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't wait. I was like, oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> <laughs> so I was all for it. It was fun. We had so much fun with it. 
I love hearing that because my experience with The Bachelor, my mom was literally like, Stressing out. She was like, honey, don't go audition because I was going to go to an, I went to an open casting. She's like, don't go to the audition because if you audition, you're going to end up on that stupid show and I'm going to have to watch you on that stupid show. <laughs> yeah, well, and and, that's and, what happened. Like, and I did like it. Listen, and he did like, he, you know, his edit was like he did get called, you know, sex crazy and mm-hmm. star and all that stuff. But I said to him. You came by it honestly. Like, yeah. You did. You were sculpting phallic masterpieces on <laughs> yeah. television. You were having extremely org- like aggressive orgasms. Yeah. So, I, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't that. <laughs> oh, man. Did you just have a blast watching it? Like uh, watching it all play out? Yeah. So, okay. So let me be honest. I don't even know how much I can say. I don't know. I'm just going to say it. I'm not, I don't, I didn't you're not it. under contract. No, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I signed a ton of paperwork, but I think that was because of the, um, the photographs they had, like in the fake Moines house, they had family photos. So I had to sign to, oh. to say that they were our photos, family photos. They weren't yeah. done by a professional photographer. There was uh-huh. like no copyright. Oh, and, got it. Sure, 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 um, sure. But um, so, okay, so. By the way, the bros nailed Blake's personality when you guys had the the very first, you know how you do the cast? Yeah. yeah the cast, they nailed him. Oh my nailed God, it. I need to go back and listen. The guys nailed it. <laughs> um, you, Jess, said that he's definitely in construction and he's like, like that guy that's going to pound the nails in with his fist. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and Becca, you're like, yeah, he's like a hot wreck at Ralph. <laughs> but I use the term hot loosely because he's not my because like no offense, Blake. He's not my type. And <laughs> Oh, Blake, we love you. <laughs> I know. So you guys actually started off kind of liking him and then it just went off the rails after that. Yeah, yeah. We but remember then we that. came back around. But we came back we around. It was a redemption arc. We we were huge Blake fans by the end of Tasha's season. Yeah. We were stands. Was it by the end of Tasha season, though? Let me just check my notes. I believe so. No. No, no. We weren't at the end of Tasha season? No. Oh, I wow. believe you said, let me quote. This is amazing. I am living. I am living yeah. for your documentation, Emily. You're like our court, yeah. uh, what did they call it? Stenographer? No, you know what it was? No, I'm wrong. No, I'm I'm joking. You guys were fans. It was during the transition between mm-hmm, Claire and Tisha. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and then it was like, okay, well, he fucking read a book and he owes her shit. Like Yeah. We came was- for we came for him hard in between the transition. And then I remember yes. a little later on we were like, we yes. can't help it. We 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 really like this guy. We're oh, fans. Yeah. 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 Okay, broads, quick pause from this fantastic conversation with Mama Moines. Oh, we love her. Okay. I don't think I fully appreciated this idea until I was a bit older, but I stand by this now, okay? A full, freshly stocked underwear and bra drawer is the ultimate form of self-care. I swear to you, putting on a brand new matching set for no special reason other than you want to is bliss. Unfortunately, bra and underwear shopping is historically the most uncomfortable, unsatisfying experience ever. Until, that is, third love came onto the scene. Since finding third love, I 
actually enjoy finding new bras and underwear because they've completely changed the experience. And instead of sorting through messy racks in a department store, you start online in the comfort of your own home. And Third Love's fitting room quiz will ask you questions about your current fit issues. They'll ask you about your personal style and your breast shape to help determine your perfect size and styles. And then they let you shop items that were specially curated for you. And Third Love actually has helped me enjoy wearing a bra, which is something I used to hate. Bra shopping has left you discouraged or frustrated or fed up in the past. Please give Third Love a shot. Instead of the ridiculous range of a few sizes available in most of these stores, Third Love stocks 80 different sizes, including half sizes. There's seriously something for everyone. I love every single piece I own from Third Love, but by far the bra I find myself personally reaching for the most is their 24-7 classic t-shirt bra. I'm wearing it now. It's the most comfortable, supportive, and honestly, the best everyday bra I've ever owned in my entire life. There's nothing it doesn't look good under. It's just the right amount of sexy, supportive, and comfortable. Third Love knows you deserve to feel comfortable and confident 24-7. So right now they are offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Just go to thirdlove.com slash chatty now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash chatty for 20% off today. I firmly believe that there are two types of people in this world, those who know 5, 10, even 15 years down the road what their life is going to look like, where they want to live, what job they're going to have, what their home will look like, on and on. And then there's the type of person who doesn't even know what they want for breakfast in the morning. That's probably more where I fall into. It doesn't really matter, though, which category you fall into, because family planning is something on everyone's mind, whether you know that you want kids or know that you don't want kids Or on the other hand, if you have no idea what you want, you need all the information you can to make that decision. And that's where modern fertility comes in. So modern fertility is the easiest, most affordable way to test your fertility hormones yourself right at home. All it takes is a simple finger prick. And when you're done, you just mail back the test with the prepaid label and you'll have your personalized results in just 10 days. And if you want to get these same tests done at a doctor, they could cost you over a thousand dollars. And with modern fertility, you're going to pay a fraction of that. Modern fertility gives you insight into your hormone levels, how many eggs you have, and so many other important fertility factors. You'll even have the option to review your results one-on-one with a fertility nurse to discuss the best next steps for what you want. What you want. Right now, our listeners are getting $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash chatty. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the several hundred or even a thousand plus dollars it could cost at a doctor's office. Plus, you get to do it from your home. So get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash chatty. That's modernfertility.com slash chatty. So I, we did have fun. Now I knew I wasn't having fun when I was seeing, and I've never been a spoiler. Like I'm one of those people that oh, watched yeah. Doctor for 20 years, yeah. but never ever paid attention to like the, the fan um, accounts. Or sure. Yeah, sure. Ever, ever. So when he went on the show, I started following like, right. you guys and all these recappers and fan accounts. And of, all course, of course, of course. And so I was having a meltdown back home because, listen, he, I knew he was fully invested in Claire. She was coming home with him. Mm. There was no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Like he was, he really, he had four months to think about it. He was following her. He sympathized with her mom. Mm. He mm. 
was convinced that he was in love with Claire before mm. he even got to Claire. Okay. And then when I heard that she ran off with Dale, like no three days in or whatever, I was like, oh, oh my oh, God, no. he is oh, going no. to lose his mind. <laughs> and oh no. I was like, oh my God, like how is he managing back there, back at the show? Yeah. And then I heard he was stress balding and he was like, cause he, he didn't know. He really thought Claire loved him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was not, I was stressing out about that. Sure. But then when he fam- finally did, well, I was like, okay, but she's gone. How is he still there? Like, yeah. oh my God, like it's cause he was there for quite some time. Right. Yeah. Um, and then he came home and I think we spoke for like eight hours straight that day. He was like, yeah. And, um, that, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, once Claire was done, you know, he thought Tasha was fun and cool and funny, but he couldn't just dive right in. Sure. Obviously. Uh, because he did have, he did, he go, he went in really liking Claire for mm-hmm. sure. hundred percent. He did. Um, and then, but then he met Tasha and thought she's cool. She's super easy. She's chill. She's fun. But she, clearly she uh, had her eyes set on Zachary. Yeah. Right. right. Well, and I think, I mean, I felt like, and maybe that's why when we were watching the show, now that I'm thinking back, that we had kind of a shift in how we felt with Blake because when we saw him right off the bat be so into Claire, we're like, this is just a load. I don't buy it. Right. And then when we were watching him with, (laughs) now hearing that, it makes sense. But then watching it with Taisha, what we liked about him is we felt like he was being really like real in the situation. He wasn't like dumping all these feelings on her super quickly. You could tell that they had fun together and that they had good conversation but it he wasn't doing the exact same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't like, oh, I'm watching a copy paste how he was with Claire, which is what we were assuming we were going to see. We're like, oh, he's going to do the same thing. Pull a Chasen where he's a saying smoke this show. smoke show, saying the same thing to both to both women. And then we were like, oh, he this is a very different dynamic with Claire. You can tell he likes Tasha, but it's a, it's a different energy for sure. Yeah. And I think that was also because Tasha, you know, gave off a different energy as well. Of and course. So he just felt so much more at ease and relaxed mm-hmm. and it was fun and it was easy going and he, he wasn't, he didn't have all this pressure, this anxiety. It was just, you know, it was, it was just going with, you know, the flow and, and um, he found that it was much easier to be there with, uh, with Tasha because sure. he hadn't spent four months investing himself emotionally. Right. That makes perfect sense. Now, can you tell me how, and by the way, we're going to talk about this Bachelor stuff, and then we're also going to talk about you, because we want to get to know you. Oh, I mm-hmm. love talking about mm-hmm. me. <laughs> same. Same, so, same, same. what was it, the decision like for then Blake to go back on for Katie's season, and what was your take on that, which what it sounded like with hometowns, it was kind of like, you know, what are you doing? Is this the same thing again? Like with Claire, what's the deal? So okay, well, I'd love to hear Becca, some, you know, you know, what happens behind the scenes. Sure. Right? Sure. sure. So when you're, yeah. So, sure. um, okay. So for Katie again, mama moins. Yeah. Do it. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what, ha- okay. So he, he, um, actually, um, 
really thought that when Katie came on to Matt's season, her, her limo exit, he's like, okay, that like, that was bold. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And good on her because mm -hmm. she owned it. It's brave. Yeah. She's, mm -hmm. she, it was brave. It was very courageous of her to do that. And, um, and he's like, she's being true to who she is. And Blake is, is who he is. He will not, there's no pretentiousness. He's mm -hmm. who he is through and through. So he really liked that about her. And yeah, he did slide into the DM and he's yeah. like, okay, you know what? Good on you. Like, that was awesome. You know, you might get some, you know, who knows? You might get some hate for that. Like, keep your head up high. You were true to yourself. Good on you. That was really it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he did kind of take a liking to Katie. Sure. And um, he didn't know, like when, when all the casting was done and his buddy was on the show, everybody now knows Brendan. Right. Right. Um, he didn't know it was Katie. So it wasn't until it was officially announced that it was Katie. Cause he thought, Hey, maybe I'll see her in paradise. Right. Sure. Like, you know, right. Chill. That's what we were thinking was yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Cause I remember saying to Blake, Oh, the chatty bras are going to lose their mind. <laughs> <laughs> when we, it. when we saw that preview and we saw that he had been <laughs> offline, we they were like, if Blake went to see Katie, we are going to have a full happy meltdown. You should have yeah. heard our. You should have seen our text messages in between. We were yeah. so excited. We were like, "Let it no. be." <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So he, we, we had that conversation at home too. So um, so when he found out it was it was Katie, um, Blake makes things happen for himself, and I've always taught that to all of my kids. Really, mm -hmm. like, make it happen, manifest it envision it see it feel it think it breathe it and it'll happen just make it fucking happen mm -hmm. so he again came came to my house like a few days later he's like i'm going i'm going to, see, to meet katie <laughs> <laughs> wow so i was like yeah i mean yes again do it but he you know he made it really clear that he was going to go and meet her so did he hit up, this was his idea to go on the, to go on her season. Yeah, it was. Yeah. He wanted to meet her. It was yeah. his idea. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, and, um, but he also was, was very reluctant and he really struggled with like, shit, like Brendan's there. The right. guys are not going to be happy. Mm -hmm. And then, so he was like, okay, well, if I get there and Katie is already you know, far into another relationship or sure. she's like, like, dude, what are you doing here? Like, no, yeah, that's cool. I'm going to get back on the plane and get my ass back home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I just got to try. And if I'm home tomorrow, I'm home tomorrow. And so that was really his attitude, but he was, he was really, he was nervous. He was reluctant um, just because of the fallout that he thought he might get from it. But at the same time, and Brendan will say, Brendan has said, uh, Blake always talked about Katie even way before she was announced. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't shocked when he saw Blake come on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, again, I was all for it. Cause again, yeah, that's just my personality. Make things happen. Why Make the hell happen. not? Why the hell not? Like you said, life experience, like, like granted yeah. you're doing it in front of a lot of people, but like you said, if he is who he is, and he's always just going to be that person. Like no one can take that away, even if he would have gotten a bad at it. Yeah, I know. He's pre and he's pretty good. Like I, he's pretty good. Like I'll see a lot of, um, he got a lot of hate comments this season. 
Which was shocking to me, by the way. Yeah, I thought it was pretty surprising too. I was like, huh? Yeah, he got a lot. Um, But uh, I love how he handles those hate comments. Like I remember there was one I was dying laughing. There was one that was, the handle was like um, uh, coffee donuts, coffee donuts, and I can't remember something. (laughs) And they're like, and the comment was, um, thanks a lot for coming on the show. You totally, you know, you totally fucking ruined the whole season and you're such a douchebag, blah, blah, blah. And his response was, hmm, coffee and donuts. Yeah, I could use that right about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like he, he seems like he takes it in stride and like doesn't let it get to him too much. No, I know. And I've tried it, you know, I've instilled that in it. Well, you know, it's who are these people? Right. They matter at the end of the day. Right. Mm-hmm. The people that love you, your friends, your family, your support system, that's who matters. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what Joe Blow or whoever this person is that professes to love Jesus in their bio right. Right. is calling you a douchebag. Right. <laughs> yeah. Does it matter? It doesn't matter. So he, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's, he handles it, you know, pretty well. Sometimes he gets a little bit. Like, are you kidding me, dude? Right. But um, but he's pretty good. He's pretty good. D- doesn't let it affect his sense of self-worth, per se. No, not really. No. So were you were you surprised when then you got the call that you were going to be, you know, on standby or whatnot for? No. You weren't. Not at all. In fact, I bought the vibrator before I even got the call. <laughs> <laughs> that quarantine, you're going to need it. My goodness. Just a lot of time alone. No, no, for Katie, I've got, I got her a gift. I got her a Canadian vibrator. Did you guys not know that? I thought you meant for yourself and I was like, Emily, I see you. I respect this. You got to quarantine up and you're going to have a lot of time alone. So God bless. Oh my God. Oh no, you got her the vibrator beforehand. I think, I think literally the day he got on the flight, I ordered it. Oh my God. Yeah. Confidence. I knew. I just knew. Did I you knew. think he was going to go all the way and yeah. like get engaged to her? Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you were just like, mm, here it happened. It's happening. Yeah, I did. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I ordered the vibrator right away because I knew I was going to go to hometowns, picked my outfit and the following day. <laughs> <laughs> um, had it all good to go. And um, and then even when I was at hometowns, I was like, it's going to be Katie and Blake, 100%. Wow. Wow. That was my intuition. Yeah. Did... Because he... I texted a friend that night and I said, it's going to be Katie and Blake at the end. Oh, wow. Shit. I have chills. Did he... Now, he, he came off, you know, on the show that he was very confident that it would be them in the end. Was that... I mean, that's what we saw. Was he feeling that way, truly? Yeah, he was feeling that way, truly. And but he was. But again, I think doesn't I mean, I I don't doesn't matter, you know, who it is like this to him, the the big love word. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that was cut out. But you know, he doesn't he doesn't use that word lightly. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't throw it around. And so that really weighed heavy on him. If he was going to tell her that he loved her and he was going to commit to her, then that's what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And there was no turning back. Mm-hmm. He would not say, I love you, and then walk away from her. So 
I think when you see that, when you actually saw that angst in him, when he was looking at rings and sweating buckets and mm-hmm. at home dying, watching, laughing, um, he, yeah, he, he was feeling, he was feeling that the, the pressure of, oh my God, this is forever. Mm-hmm. Like this is. And uh, so, yeah, he, he definitely went, went there with the purpose of if, we fall in love. If this is going to be something that is going to be real, then I will 100% get on my knee and propose to Katie. Wow. What do you think was like, based on, you know, of Blake, like a moment of weakness that you saw come out on the show versus a strength that you saw come out on the show? Like in terms of sort of like his really strong qualities and then maybe the things that he struggles with. Okay. Oh, so you gave me goosebumps by that question. Mm. Oh, I could cry. Oh. Mm. Um, so, uh, so I went through two divorces. I don't know if you know that, but I've been through two divorces. So there's Blake's dad, all my children have one dad. And then there was my second marriage and, um, and Blake, like him, when the weakness for him, when he was talking, when they were having dinner and he was saying, like, I, I haven't told you that I loved you. And, um, and I just, it's something that I really struggle with apart from, like, I think he said my mom mm-hmm. and like my family, mm-hmm. it's not Blake is, you know, how they have the, um, affirmation, like how to show yeah. Yeah. he is not words of affirmation at all. He shows his love. He Mm. demonstrates his love, but he's not words of affirmation. And so for him to um, sit there on national television Mm -hmm. and tell the world that he, you know, he doesn't, he has a hard time saying, I love you. And um, um, his dad has come around now, but his dad, he is a product of his dad and his dad is a product of his parents. Mm -hmm. So this, you know, this masculine, you know, the, the love word wasn't said very much, Mm -hmm. especially from, you know, from it is now, like he said, it is now that he's older, Mm -hmm. but you know, when they were little, it wasn't something that he, you know, really got. So he wasn't comfortable, you know, saying it back. And so to see that on national television, I could see it in his eyes. He was even struggling to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, That really tugged at my, at my heartstrings. Um, and then his, 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 um, his strength is the ability to always be calm, mm. be chill, be in the zone. Mm-hmm. Very, he's very calming. Yes. He's, mm-hmm. very, he's very calming. And he always has such a sense of, like, I don't know if you noticed, even when she was talking, he was listening. Yes. yes. Always. Yeah. Yes. He was just listening to her. He, um, especially when she was talking about, you know, what she had gone through and how yes. painful it was, right? And I was like, ah, watching it back. Like I, I, he had come home and told me a lot of what had happened, but even just watching it back, my heart was just crushed. And then just, but, and he told me how he, re, like, you know, the conversation they had, but then watching him react to her in that moment, to me was like, wow, like, what a proud moment. Oh, my God. Yes, totally. Oh, no. I, I yes. you know, as you know, we're all moms here mm-hmm. to be in that position and see your child 
so incredibly see someone and hear Attuned someone and, yeah. who had been through that trauma. Yeah. That would have been for me just as a, as a parenting moment, just be like, I am so, just so, so proud and also just so grateful then to have a child who I know is going to hear and see their partner. That's huge. And model this like, for me a next level yes. uh, next level consent and like a next level mm-hmm. understanding of what it means to make a feel, partner feel safe and completely free to you know say yes or no or whatever mm-hmm. yes totally she will always feel yeah she will always feel safe mm-hmm. with him in that regard always mm-hmm. and I remember she's like I fucking love you too I'm like I fucking love oh, you too no. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good (laughs) it's true that you can sense it through the screen that Blake is such a grounded I think we used that word multiple times throughout the season like he has such a grounded like firm two feet on the earth kind of like personality Mm -hmm. like he's the person if you're like having a bad trip you need Blake there to (laughs) talk you off a cliff (laughs) and be like you're gonna be okay it's gonna be good I'm right here it's Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that is totally him or his favorite line is like Relax. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Nothing gets his go. Nothing. Right. Nothing. He seems to have a good perspective mm-hmm. on like what matters and what doesn't, which is probably why he's able to hand, handle the internet stuff pretty well. Cause you have to be pretty firmly rooted and like yeah. th- that shit doesn't matter and relax, you know? That's yeah. Cool. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> How has that been like as, cause again, being all moms, I'm thinking about my child being in that position. He clearly handled the internet kickback so well. What was that like for you, though, as his mother? I'm the same. I don't give a shit. (laughs) Okay, I love it. No, I don't really care. I don't. I mean, there was a few times where I wanted to clap back so badly. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, that's what they want. Mm -hmm. They want the exchange. They want, you know, so just ignore it. Uh, I don't. I really don't get involved that much in his like stuff or his comments or I, I, I do it on my own platform, <laughs> but not on his. Yeah, I really don't. I, and I let him navigate his own. Like I'm not one of these moms that is controlling, trying to control every aspect of my kids' lives at all. Uh, I offer guidance, obviously, if they want it or if they ask for it. But other than that, I don't really get that involved. Um, So I don't really, it doesn't really bother me. And I tell him all the time, because sometimes I'll scroll through and see the comments. Mm -hmm. um, And I'm like, who fucking cares? Right. Next, move on. Who cares? (laughs) I mean, that's so, it's such a great example, though, Emily, like how learned some of these behaviors can be. Because Mm. if you're demonstrating then that to your child and he's growing up with that and even now now as an adult you looking at him seeing these negative comments and not getting worked up and processing it in his direction and just being like who cares you know I love I love my mother but there was a lot of times there was caring about outside voices Mm. and because that was then learned for me that's the forever struggle is caring about outside voices even if it's like I don't know who this person is I shouldn't give a shit in my head in my head, I know that, but yeah, you're conditioned. It's conditioning. Sure, sure, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Did you have any moments struggling on the show, though? I mean, I suppose you just touched on that, on like how it was difficult at times to see. Uh, you know, your heart was uh, yeah, going out. I had, yes, I did. So I had, I had a moment where, okay, well, so when he sculpted that 
Oh, sorry, I hit my mic. When he sculpted that um, that masterpiece that he yeah. sculpted. <laughs> yes, yes. So <clears throat> that same, it was an art, it was an art show. Oh no, it was the, sorry, the same thing, but he, he did a turtle dove. He made a picture of the turtle dove. And, and by the way, that whole sculpting thing, they, 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 they missed the best part because he had a heart under it. He was trying to say, I want the great sex, but I want love. Yeah, then they just focused <laughs> on yeah, the dick. on the phallic sure. symbol. <laughs> yeah, but there was a, so he did a picture of the turtle dove. And Blake is all about, he knows everything about every creature on this planet. And so the turtle dove is a monogamous um I, I remember know. this. Like, yeah. Is it a mammal? What is it? It's a uh, whatever. He whatever whatever. A creature. <laughs> a creature is that creature is monogamous. And when he sculpted the turtle dove, he said that. Um, oh God, you guys. That um. He has come from two broken homes, mm. and that the turtle dove will will fly far and wide, high and low to find his perfect mate. Mm. And he is going to be that turtle dove because he does not want to go through what he saw mm. growing up. And that moment, I bawled my eyes out for that moment. That was tough for me because I'm like, ah. that was hard. Yeah. And then for him to put it on national television was hard. <laughs> And then the other moment I bawled my eyes out, it was actually, it was a, a good moment, but I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that those words had just come out of his mouth. So we came back from the hometown date and I was saying to my friends and family, I know that the moment that Blake fell in love with that girl and was like, I fucking love her was when she whipped off her shoes. Cause she was wearing these really, really beautiful sandals and it yeah. was cold that night and we were going to go play hockey. And she literally just whipped off the shoes and she's on hard pavement in the freezing cold playing hockey. And I was like, oh, no, you don't even know what you just did. <laughs> you don't even know. Because I know Blake was looking at her and going, fuck, I love that about her. So I said that coming home and telling all my friends and family. And then when she said at what point or at what point did you know you loved me or whatever on the show? And he said, oh God. <laughs> when you took off your sandals and you went to play hockey and you scored a point and we we're like, it's a goal, Katie. <laughs> like, Go America. At that moment, that whole scene, he's like, I fucking love her. And I was like, oh, he said that. I'm like, I know the moment he fell yeah. in love with her. And you saw and I, it. I saw it. That's and then cool. just him, Yeah. And he didn't know that I had told people that. And I hadn't said it to him either. Mm. And then I remember watching the show back and it was like, what did you just say? Oh my God. That's insane. I love that. Mm. I knew it. Is there anything... Is there anything that you were surprised to learn about Katie's personality off the show after? Yes, yes, yes. She's actually really. So when you think of Katie, you think, um, you know, women's empowerment and bold and outspoken and, and, you know, uh, like vivacious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of larger than life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Larger than life personality. 
she's actually really kind of quiet and sweet, almost like even a little bit shy. Really? Uh, yes, totally. <laughs> she has much... I don't know if she wants me saying that. Is, am I giving off her? <laughs> I don't think that's no, bad. I think that that's, I, that's it's just like a lovely dynamic to like who she is, right? It's just like a different sides of her. Mm-hmm. I will say I remember coming off the show and I was talking to some, I think it was actually, I was with Kendall and she was talking to someone else like who was watching the show and they were like, oh, well, Becca something. I don't remember what. And Kendall was kind of like, Becca's not like this crazy loud, like, ah! person like that's not really so I mean I think some people's personalities really come out when they're put in situations where they can come out or they're expected to rise to the occasion yeah it's also like I think about even just this podcast it's like on this podcast I feel very like I'm being completely myself but I'm not this like but you're entertaining I'm, I'm i'm not this loud in like in normal life i'm actually like kind of a recluse and i'm alone a lot and i'm quiet a lot i'm not constantly talking and super whatever it's like you know it's yeah. it's it's who she is it's also just a different dynamic when you're not you know in that situation well, and I think we all have i mean we all have different like facets to our personality because sure. like even blake going back to the show there were so many you know layers to him um yeah he's this you know fun crazy try anything kind of guy but he's also a really deep sensitive um calm you know has that demeanor to him as well yeah so Mm -hmm. but I know that about him I've known him for you know I've known that about him but for yeah for Katie I was expecting that persona Mm -hmm. but yeah it was actually really sweet she was spent a few days here and I thought she's actually kind of cute and shy and quiet Love that. Okay, who's your favorite person on Katie's season aside from Blake? Favorite favorite character. Favorite on Katie's season aside from Blake. Um, I thought Trey was really funny. Mm-hmm. I liked him. Um. Oh gosh. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'm gonna say Trey. Okay. Oh, and his uncle Anthony. <laughs> I saw you posting about <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> yeah, so I'll just throw Trey in there for that reason alone. Yeah, you're like I like Trey the best. I like Trey. You want to pass on? I like Trey the best. Hundred <laughs> percent. Love Trey. <laughs> okay. On the flip side, perhaps a much easier question to uh, answer: Who is your least favorite character on Katie's season? Um, oh God, I mm. say it. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm maybe Aaron. Oh, probably okay. Aaron. Okay. Have you been watching Bachelor in Paradise? Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> I'm assuming because of Trey's been... uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I have never seen Bachelor in Paradise ever. Oh, really? Ever. Okay. And the only reason why I'm watching Bachelor in Paradise right now is because I I actually love um love a lot of the guys on um Claire and Tasha's season. Yeah. Okay, yes. I really um I yeah, I I, I there's a lot of the like, I love Kenny. <laughs> I love Ed. Um <laughs> I love, you know, Ben, Brendan. Ivan, like I love all those guys. Yeah. That was a gr- that was an amazing group of men. Yeah, it was. It was, it was an amazing group fave. of men. Like, yeah. they were definitely my favorites. Yeah, they were an incredible group of guys. Yeah, and I remember Kenny. 
was the first one to reach out to me because Blake was still, oh had, was still on the show and he found me on, on, on Instagram. And he's like, uh, okay, when Blake gets home, like give him, like have him call this number oh. uh, because they were like in a group chat. So that's I so kinda sweet. Have, I kind of have a soft spot for Kenny. Yeah. I mean, I have a, ma- a massive soft spot for Kenny. I just love his energy. <laughs> I love Kenny. He's great. And he's, his personality too is a lot like Blake's just fun, Mm -hmm. outgoing, doesn't really give a shit. Doesn't really let all stuff bother him. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, Kenny and and Ed for sure. (laughs) And Ed, I love that. Okay. Okay. Broads one more pause. Listen, it's just a fact. We're all too busy. I know I am. I know Beck is. I would bet all of you listening are thinking, yep, I sure can relate. I'm too busy. Between family commitments, work, kids if you have them, a social life, uh, you know, just being a human being in general, more often than not, you and your health gets put on the bottom of that list. And listen, that's understandable. But what if I told you that there's a way to prioritize your health without adding a single thing to your to-do list with the help of Care-of. Oh, Care-of. I've been using Care-of for years now. They never disappoint. Care-of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long-term. The only thing you have to do is take Care-of's five-minute online quiz, which is pretty much like getting a one-on-one consultation with a nutritionist. And the quiz will ask you about your current lifestyle, your future health goals. And based on the results that they get, uh, Care-of will create a specifically tailored approach to getting you to your best self. The reason I love Care-of so much is that they are thorough. Supplements in general can confuse the heck out of me. The information can be conflicting. I really never know if what I'm taking is helping or not. When Care-of recommends you something, you'll get to see all the research backing up why they're recommending it, how it works, and where it comes from. Plus, your supplements come in these convenient little daily packs that make it almost impossible to miss a day because you can keep them in your bag, in your car, at your desk, wherever you spend the most time. For 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code chatty50. That's takecareof.com and enter code chatty50 for 50% off your first order. Okay, broads, being honest here, I'm not great at writing, but do you know those people, those certain people in your life that are just like phenomenal writers? Maybe you or a friend or a coworker just has that gift where even something as simple as a freaking email reads like a New York Times bestseller. Well, turns out good writing not only looks impressive and is fun to read, it actually benefits businesses in a huge way. Better writing can help win customers, enhance brand perception, improve internal communication, and strengthen relationships with critical partners. And WordTune wants to help. Oh my God, WordTune is incredible. So unlike other writing programs, WordTune goes way beyond just spelling and grammar correction. I I didn't even know something like this existed, and it's so cool. WordTune WordTune is the only AI-powered writing tool that understands meaning, offers writing suggestions that help you achieve clearer and more compelling writing, and Honestly, talking about it doesn't do it justice. I was blown away by this technology. You have to give it a try yourself. Just go to wordtune.com slash chatty. Type in any sentence and you can watch Wordtune work its magic. Okay, so when I tried Wordtune, let me tell you, I was shocked. Wordtune is in 
incredible. The suggestions were fantastic, almost as if a real live editor was helping craft my sentences. This is going to be so useful in so many situations. WordTune improves performance on any project, everything from internal emails to press releases, sales outreach to customer service support, and so much more. You can use WordTune anywhere you're you're writing online, including Google Docs, Slack, uh, Outlook Web, WhatsApp. I'm thinking if I was a student writing papers, this would have changed my life. I'm so sad this wasn't around when I was in school. Uh, But now for me with writing anything from captions to podcast descriptions, this is going to be a game changer. Or, oh my God, if you run a company or are part of a company, WordTune feels necessary for everyone to just make life a little easier. We already have so much going on. This makes daily writing more simple and we love to see it. I'm telling you, this is something that you just have to try to really grasp how incredible and easy to use it is. So you can try WordTune for free at wordtune.com chatty. If you are a company looking to streamline your entire team's writing and make day-to-day easier for everyone, our listeners can get a discount for their team today at wordtune.com slash chatty. With Wordtune, you can improve your writing with four times greater efficiency. It's better, faster writing. That means better business. Start writing with Wordtune at wordtune.com slash chatty. Go check it out. It's so cool. Okay, I have to ask, and this is Unless you have any other questions, this is the last thing I'm curious about with with Katie's season. What was your take on the Greg situation on his relationship with Katie? Okay, so wow. Okay, so I wrote a book. <laughs> yes, tell us about the book, Emily. Yeah. Um. So, Which, so this might be part- a great segue into you talking about your life too, because we want to hear it. Yeah. So my book is, is basically, you know, take charge, break that cycle and rebuild a kick-ass life. Mm -hmm. And my book is called rising up. So it was difficult for me to watch that. It was really hard for me to watch that. Um, and it was really hard to see a lot of the comments, um, you know, that their argument fight, whatever you want to call that, was difficult and I knew it was difficult because I'm like, okay, because I do have this platform, I hear from a lot of women Mm -hmm. and I knew there would be a lot of women for sure that were going to be um, triggered by that entire conversation, that entire scene, um, you know, where she's down on her knees and she's, you know, crying and, and, and saying she was sorry and I was like, okay, wow, this is going to be, this is, this is hard. This Heavy, is going to be hard yeah. for a lot of people to watch. Um, but then on the other hand, I was sort of glad to see that it, it really did spark such a conversation mm. uh, around that, the whole dynamic of, of what that was, mm. um, you know, was it gaslighting, was it not gaslighting, sure. you know, um, and there was so, it was so split and it was so divided and you had so many people that had their own opinion of, of what actually went down and, and who was at fault and who was at wrong. So it was hard to watch. I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. I didn't know to what extent, um, but I was really happy that there was so much conversation. Like I watched um, psychology in Seattle on YouTube. He's uh-huh. a psychologist or psychiatrist. I think he's a psychologist. 
he broke the whole thing down. Really? Yes. Psychology in Seattle or Seattle psychology or something like that. He broke it all down. And I was like, oh yeah, he just nailed everything. Like nailed it all. I have to listen to that. So, uh, so it was even interesting to see people that aren't, you know, bachelor nation, right. Having heard about it and then having, you know, actually dissecting what actually happened during that whole Uh scene. So I was, I was glad about that, but it was difficult. It was difficult to, to watch. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, then would you, I mean, I would love to hear you just kind of talk about, I mean, you've already touched on it a little bit about two divorces, about writing this book, about, you know, it's, it sounds like you've been through a lot. Yeah. So, um, I was married to Blake's dad. So back up I married Blake's dad really young. I was 23. I think I had Blake when I was 24. Mm shortly after that, but I had Blake, like, I think I was pregnant within a month or two after being married. Um, and unfortunately that relationship, um, we just, we literally grew apart. He's a great dad. He's a great father. He was a great husband, very hands-on when the kids were young. And, you know, now being 55 and looking back, I know that marriage could have been salvaged. Mm. I, I know that mm. for a fact I'm a, a, I'm a big believer that um, unless you have what I consider the three A's in your relationship, which is adultery, abuse, or addiction, uh. everything else can pretty much be worked out. Huh. Mm. I'm tapping out if there's adultery, abuse, or addiction. Mm. It's just not something that, uh, you know, personally, um, if, if it can't be resolved, then I have to, I have to leave. Um, so that marriage ended um, I think about 10, 10 years probably into it. And then I remarried. And when I remarried about five years later, it, the book really came out of that second marriage because mm. I really did learn so much about myself. Like I literally lost who I was mm. that entire marriage. Would you have expected that of yourself? Like, no. You, uh, yeah. Never. And now I can so sympathize, empathize with women when people say, you know, when women are in abusive situations, well, why don't they just leave? Right. Well, what's like, no one's holding a gun to their head. Why don't they just leave? There is so much cognitive dissonance happening, trauma bonding. It is just, it is not easy to leave. Mm. And unless you've been there, unless you've been in a situation or in a relationship where there is that, um, that dynamic for me, it was a real imbalance of power. Mm. He was, um, a financial power for sure. Um, but also, um, I just always felt powerless and defeated in that relationship. Mm. Always. I always felt like, I didn't have a voice. It didn't matter. Um, he made the money. He made the, the decisions. It was, you know, his rules. And now, Becca, to your to your question, I, this is who I'd always been. Mm-hmm. Was this person? How? What happened that I literally? Listen, you guys. <laughs> I, I found myself in a jail cell, peeing in a steel toilet with a camera pointing at me. That's how my life had spiraled so much out of control. And that was because of being falsely arrested for domestic abuse. 
So I know about master manipulation. I now, I now know about um, projection, gaslighting, fly, flying monkeys, smear campaigns, um, you know, reverse manipulation. I know, I know all about that, but I didn't know it then. I only knew it after going through the process of, the fuck did I get here? Mm-hmm. The fuck did I get here? Me, I came from Portugal at seven years old. I had my first job at 14. I've been literally supporting myself since I was 14 years old. Very resourceful, uh, speak four languages, you know, have always just taken care of myself. How did I let myself get into a position where I've been arrested twice and I left that relationship three times, three times for sure that I can think of uh, and always went back. Um, What kept me going back? And it, it literally, I mean, I have to say, I, I kind of now feel like I went through that to be back to where I am today and to have a platform where I can now share with everyone else. You know, you are not alone. Mm. I, I, I understand what you're going through. I know how hard it is. I know what cognitive, cognitive dissonance can do. So do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. Cognitive dissonance is when you, you have two opposing um, you have two like opposing thoughts, beliefs. So your one side of your brain is saying, um, but everybody, you know, but everybody goes through hard times, but, but you love him, but you got to take the good with the bad. And then on the other side of your brain is going, this is fucked up. Mm -hmm. This is not right. This is like so wrong on every level. This is abuse. This is whatever. And then, you know, it's like, you're struggling to, to figure out what to do. And then there's also trauma bonding because oftentimes what happens when you're in a relationship like that, just like myself, I went to jail, your abuser is also your savior. So I also was then saved Hmm. by that whole thing. Um, And it took me a long time. I finally left for good. It was really because of my daughter that I left for good um, and never did go back. Uh, She was the impetus behind that whole thing. Uh, We had gotten into a nasty, nasty fight. She had come home from university. Um, She was struggling in university and um, she had come home, asked if she could come home for the weekend. No, sorry, it was during the week. That's why he was so irate about it. It was during the week and she had come home. And of course my doors open to my kids all the time. Mm And we got into this uh, argument, nasty argument. It was loud. It was ugly. I mean, I could feel it spit hitting me in the face. And, um, and I went upstairs and she was sobbing on her bed, like curled up in a ball. And I thought, okay, Emily, are you fucking kidding me? She came home for a soft place to land. She was really going through a difficult time. And I can't even fucking provide that for her. Mm. And it was at that moment, I, it was like an epiphany, an aha moment. Like I literally that day, like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I, I went down the stairs, I got in my car and I drove straight to a lawyer's office and I did not leave until they saw me. And I filed divorce paperwork that day. And I never turned back ever. You know, what's kind of heartbreaking about that too, is that it took a love outside of yourself in that moment, a love for your daughter that during that relationship, you couldn't like grant yourself. I mean, I'm assuming that's sort of like, yes, totally love 100%. and compassion for yourself. 
hundred percent backups. But so I was in that relationship for about 15 years and I write in my book that I sort of became a version of my mother un, un, like unknowingly slowly sort of started becoming her where my needs were on the back burner. Mm. My voice didn't matter. Everything was set, swept under the rug because, because when people find out really what's happening in the relationship, then you have to, you're now faced, you, you've got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. When it's found out, you now have to face it. You have to deal with it. And, and I was afraid and being afraid keeps you, it's, it paralyzes you. It keeps you complacent. Uh, fear is one of the biggest obstacles to overcome when you, when you are in a, in, a, in a relationship like that. And it keeps you there because it's much easier to stay than it is to go. Mm. It really is. Mm-hmm. Despite what's going on, it, it is still easier to stay than it is to go for many people. And for me, it, you're right. It took my daughter because I don't think I would have left because I can take care of myself, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can treat me like, like shit. You know, this can be a shitty situation, but you know, like my mom, they're, my mom and dad are Portuguese, old school, very old school. You make your bed, you lay in it. End of story fucking period. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. And, um, and it took my daughter to help me see the light and want better for them, for my kids, because they had, seen and heard way more than they ever should Mm. and it was yeah I I attribute it all to her that morning that day Mm. and then my book wasn't a book it was a journal because I'm like okay I made the decision to leave okay now what Mm. so I started doing a lot of like I'm a podcast junkie uh I read every motivational book I listened to motivational speakers I uh read, read books on human behavior like how did I get here and then making all those notes um, eventually led that journal as I was sort of navigating my way through this, this divorce and who, and who am I and how did I get here and how do I get back to the person I was? And um, that then slowly just morphed into a book, but it, I didn't ever intend to write a book. But that's, that's how it often to be. Was that scary to open up in that way of like publishing a book that is about no because the book became more about so the book became more about how how did I then what did I learn in that process Mm. that made me want to now rebuild my Mm. kick-ass life Mm -hmm. and what that's mostly what the book is about it's life lessons and how to rebuild a kick-ass life tips things like like every girl should read that book how to not ignore those red flags because I had them really early on Mm. and a lot of people will just ignore those red flags why do you feel like you did well because so now i know oh my god i could talk to you guys forever i was in that cycle so it starts off with the love bombing right love bomb you to death i don't know if if you girls have heard of the yeah yes yes so it's the love bombing and when you're in when you're in it you don't even know you're in it you just you like it mm-hmm. and then it's almost too late by the time you catch on so it starts with the love bombing the idealization everything about you is idealized you're a great mom you're a great cook you're beautiful you're blah, blah, blah. and then devalue mm-hmm. and then discard and then hoover you back in and once once you've been hoovered love bomb love bomb idealize devalue discard mm-hmm. hoover and that's the cycle that you're in. 
and, and you, you almost want to hold up, hold out for the promise of the better tomorrow. Cause there's always promises of better tomorrow. And so you stay and you ignore because, you know, everybody has a bad day. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, you start to believe, well, that was my fault. I could have handled that differently. I mean, you saw Katie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You didn't do anything wrong. You have nothing to be sorry for. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and then like um, you were saying with the love bombing too, it's like, then you have these memories of good days. It's not like it's okay. all bad. There's a lot of very yes. good days. Yes. So that is, yes, that's romanticizing the relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's when normally couples that are problematic, have a problematic relationship, end up back together. Because what happens is you start to, that's exactly what happens. You start to romanticize that relationship. So the crap, the shit, the fights, the whatever. Yeah. Gone. All you can think about is the good times. And listen, I had good times. We had multiple vacation properties. I had, we had luxury cars. I had an enviable closet of designer clothes. I wanted for nothing. And we did have some great times. Like in my book, I wrote uh, my goodbye letter to him. Like when I finally decided I need to end this. And every time I like, um, I started a podcast and I, re- I read that letter on my podcast and I was bawling. And it's been five years mm-hmm. since I re- wrote that letter because the good times were insanely good, like exhilarating highs, but then debilitating lows. Mm-hmm. You forget about those debilitating lows. Cause you're always holding out for that promise of a better tomorrow. And it's like a drug addict. You just, you want that next high. Mm-hmm. I want it all to go away. You will do anything to deescalate the situation just to, just to get that high again. And then that's sort of what keeps you captive. Yeah. I remember I had a fairly up and down, like extreme uh, situation ship with someone in high school. And I remember that it was like really exciting too. I felt very. Do you know what I was told? Yes. Do you know what I was told? Uh, That my life was like living in a beer commercial (laughs) when I was in that relationship. And I'm like, that's so true. Mm. Looking in, looking in, it looks like you live in a beer commercial. Mm -hmm. Everything's great. Everything's fun. Everything's exciting. Yeah. You're getting off there. Yeah. 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 Mm. Until it's not. Yeah. So what does it look like now? What does your life look like at this point? Okay, I love my life. By the way, <laughs> girls, I saw your um, I saw your uh, dating app. Oh yeah, or whatever Our profiles. Yeah, and I was like, I need them to set me up a profile. Oh, Emily, because... say no more. <laughs> say no more. <laughs> say no more. <laughs> because I haven't dated in five years. Wow. Five. I have not dated in five years. That's, that was intentional. Mm-hmm. I really came out of that and wanted to really, really, like, as, as corny as this sounds, like create the best version of myself. Yeah. And so I left that with no support, that marriage with no support, freaking out, like literally freaking out. Like I'm 50. Who's going to hire a 50 year old? I had not worked. I was like freaking out. What am I going to do? How am I going to support myself? And so I uh, started two businesses completely unrelated to one another. One is staging and decorating, which I love. It's my passion. Love it. 
Um, and then the other one was totally unrelated, but I had to make that work. And so in order for me to make that work, I was working 18 hours a day. Mm. I was working constantly and I needed to concentrate on myself. I think, I think a mistake that a lot of people make is, you know, in order to get over someone, you get under someone else sure. really quickly. And that usually never works ever. Maybe for the moment you get the temporary relief of the pain, but um, but I didn't, I, I really wanted to concentrate on myself, my kids, although they were adult children at the time, you know, it was still difficult. Um, and it was going to be about Emily, what live life on my own terms, mm -hmm. enjoy the freedom, enjoy the peace of, of my home, knowing that whoever walks through that door will find a loving, nurturing home, never worried that it could all blow up at a moment's notice. So I really spent consciously spent the last five years really selfishly working on me and and I've got to say to all the women that are listening that could be in a similar similar position alone does not have to mean being lonely it mm. really doesn't I don't feel lonely and I know that a lot of women will stay in, in a marriage and an unhappy one or an abusive one because they're afraid to be alone. That is the number one reason why people stay. For me, it was never that. I was never, ever afraid to be alone. For me, the fear was always financial because mm -hmm. I hadn't worked and I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, but um, yeah, so the last five years have been spent on, on me, on Emily. So I just I thought, I I'm ready. It's time. It's time. I am ready to get her in the dating world. Bring it on. <laughs> Lot into those DMs, I mean, everybody. <laughs> DMs are open. What is what is ideal type for you? What are you Ooh. looking for in a partner? So I don't really have like, okay, so physically, really, I don't really have a type anymore. Now, had you asked me that five years ago, I would have been all about the superficial sort of, sure. you know, don't get me wrong. I'm 55. So it's, it's hard to find a 55 year old that has taken care of themselves. There's you hotties know? out there. There are hotties well, out there. Well, then you bring them. And you're famous now, Emily. Come on. <laughs> What'd you say? I, what said did you say? I said, you're famous now. Come on. You got it. Yeah, no, there's not a lot of people. Say, well, there are, but they're no, they're 24 year olds. Um, yeah. So not interested in that. Um, <laughs> So I really, you know, it's so funny because I was just talking about the movie uh, sec, or the series Sex Life. Uh, are you Team Brad or Team Cooper? And I am Team Cooper all the way because I want, this is what I want. I want the stability. I want mm. the security. I want the fun. I want the playfulness. I want, um, I want to have a mutually respectful relationship. I want love, like real love. I don't care so much about the physical anymore, which I would have, I think, given you a different answer five mm. years ago. Um, you've got to be able to make me laugh. Number one <laughs> is the most important thing. Um, you have to like coffee, for sure. <laughs> like I'm a deal coffee breaker. snob, deal breaker. A coffee um, snob, okay. That, just a kind sweet, gentle, you know, yeah. But that can have also fun. They can have fun and be funny and be chill. Mm -hmm. Be chill. 
no one's getting out alive people nobody <laughs> like let's just stop and laugh at ourselves a little bit more mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. yourself so seriously no. no no what's your sign what's your birthday june cancer june what 25th mm, okay okay okay, okay. Mm, says a lot about you because mm. <laughs> oh. i don't know much about cancers but okay okay yeah, I don't even know what you're trying to say right now. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're trying to say. I was trying at. to gain some sort of further insight by your sign, and I got none. So that I'm playing it off. I'm playing it off like I learned something by that oh, okay, by well. birthday, and I don't know anything by that. Huh? Okay. Would you go on dating app? Oh, would you go on the Bachelor Senior dating show? <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah. I've yeah, a hundred percent. You applied? I've applied twice. <laughs> I mean, but I'm too young. I think I'm too young. I was going to you say you're too, too young. I, yeah, <sighs> you are too young. Because I think yeah, you'd be like 10 on. years older. Okay, bachelor people, if you're listening, why why are you doing 65? Like, why? 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 You know, 55. You could be the young one who people ask if you're really ready for a relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 You're like, oh my god, That's there's an age gap. Roger's 72. <laughs> like, I don't know I if don't she's know mature if enough is mature for enough. him. <laughs> oh my god, that is that's so funny. You could be the oh, Becca on Ari's season, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would be the Becca on Ari's season, for sure. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. feel like, I mean, my thing is, it's like, if they just make you the Bachelorette, like, I don't understand what that's about. Well, Come they, on. Should. They, they should. They just should. They should. Like, what's the hold up? Hello? <laughs> I mean, you need a con- then you have the full the connection going through from the show. Are you kidding? <sighs> and I get to choose from thirty men. <laughs> a dream, right? Yeah, a dream. Uh huh. I still I had a dream actually recently that I was the bachelorette and I was sort of like, yes, I have a partner and kids, but they are irrelevant. <laughs> but okay, I can have fun. <sighs> yeah, what? Come on. Anyway, yeah, it's funny because. I, yeah, I definitely applied, just saying. <laughs> and I'm not afraid or ashamed to admit it. I you mean, and that's the thing. I mean, if they're, if they are choosing a bachelor and he is 65 and he is a charming stud, I mean. Maybe he wants a 55 year old. Maybe he wants a little younger sugar mama. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I'm Maybe sure he, he wouldn't hate it. I'm sure he wouldn't hate it. <laughs> okay. I have another question that I've been thinking about actually, since you said it. You're talking about your first marriage and you're talking about how you think it could have been salvaged. I am curious. uh, Obviously, you know, like no regrets. The path that you've been on has brought you to today. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like, oh, I bet you're you wish you could go back in time and change that. But how would you have changed things if you had sort of known what you know now or think what you what you think now about how that relationship could have been salvaged. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's actually easy. That's an easy answer. I think at that time in my life, I, I was in my, I think it was 30. I was in my early thirties for sure. And I wasn't, I had a different mindset. Not only was I, you know, I had a great job. I, I think I was a little bit full of myself in terms of, you know what, you're just, this, you're just not doing it for me anymore. And mm. I don't really need to be here and I can totally support myself and I don't really need you. So, because, you know, I think I was being totally 
selfish and it was, he was, he was a great guy in terms of, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be, if I wanted a divorce, that was like, oh, he was not going to like, like what's that terminology, rake, uh, rake me through the coals or whatever sure. that is. Yeah. He wasn't going to be vindictive or like. No, he was not going to be vindictive. I knew that the kids were, would always be forefront and they were for the most part. Well, they actually were, they were, we, we, we literally bought two homes around the corner from mm. each other. So the kids mm. could always go back and forth. So I was just at that, at that point in my life where I was, had this amazing job. I was traveling. I could support myself and you're just not doing it for me. I'm out of here. Today, looking back, I, it's a hard fucking pill to swallow. It's a hard fucking pill to swallow because you always want to sign blame, right? Mm -hmm. You always want to sign the blame on the other person. It was, well, well, they were, you know, this, or they were that or blah, blah. No, that marriage could have been salvaged. There wasn't anything that was like impending doom that couldn't have been, but I was just at a, at a place in my life where I, it was too easy to just, just walk away. Mm -hmm. And now, now I don't regret sure. being divorced. Right. Like right. I don't regret being divorced because I, I really do feel like I'm exactly where I need to be right. today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I do miss for all of you people out there that are thinking about getting a divorce and you're really like, okay, he's got dirty socks on the floor. Okay. Fuck. Get over it. Mm -hmm. If that's all it is, if that's all it is, I see you laughing, Jess. Did I ring? <laughs> then you guys like really think about it because I miss so much, so much an intact family. Mm. Like I watch my kids go there, go up to the cottage, to their dad's cottage, cottage that we had when we were married 30 some years ago. And yeah, like sometimes it's tough. It's hard to see that. Like, yeah, like mm. it's, it's, yeah, it's hard. I remember, I think it was Blake's graduation and there wasn't enough room in the church. So you could only bring like only two, like the mom and dad could go, but you know, he's at one side and I'm at the other side. Mm. And it was just like, you just want to high five somebody and go good fucking job. We yeah. did it. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. And here we still are. And there's a lot to be said for that. And I am going to be talking about, because I did get a lot of questions from some of my followers about, can you talk about regretting having gotten divorced? Mm. Because this woman is like, I cry every night mm. that I got divorced 10 years ago. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So just, yeah, I just want people to just really think about it. It may seem great at the moment, Think about it long term. Right. Because it's a permanent answer to maybe temporary issues. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Yes, right, right, Becca. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And all relationships have this. They all do. They all do. Mm -hmm. Everybody does. Right. I don't care who you are. You do not go unscathed. If you can work through them, then I'm not, you know, people sometimes will say, oh, she's a man hater or she's like, you know, wants everybody to get divorced. No, no, that is farthest from the truth. I'm not an advocate of breaking up marriages or whatever. I'm, I'm actually the opposite mm -hmm. because I've been through it twice and it sucks. No matter how you slice it, it, it it's brutal. 
Um, and I think a lot of things can be worked out. I really, really do. I really do. And now looking back 30 years later, would, like, would I love to be now retiring with the father of my children? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, would no, you I mean, not specifically. Like, no, I, don't I know what you're saying. Like, yeah, no, no, it, it completely. I'm when I was laughing when you were talking before, because you got married at 23. That's when I got married. And I'm 32 now, almost 33. And there have been moments like Evan and I are great now, but there have been moments in that time through struggles in life. He's always been an amazing husband and father. But there's moments when like yeah. you look at each other and you're like, is this going to work? Like, should I stay with this person? And when you are talking about that, it's like such a good reminder to be like, I don't know. Like, and you said too, like the temporary, uh, uh, permanent solution, permanent to solution to a temporary problem, problem yeah. where it's like, okay, I feel this way right now. I don't, I don't have anything guaranteed. So like, what am I actually looking at here? Um, mm -hmm. it's just a great reminder. And feelings are very strong and they can yeah. be, I mean, feelings can be true, but they can also be lying to you, like, at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know. I just. No, absolutely. And the grass is always greener. Mm -hmm. I love Kenny's, Kenny's line last night. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Yeah. So the grass, well, but it's not, I mean, the grass yeah. is not always greener. It may appear greener, but you still got to fucking water it and mow it and all that other shit. So mm -hmm. it's not, it's not always greener. And um, yeah. And I just, just because I am 55 and I've been there twice, just, I just compel people to really think about it. What would you have told your younger self? Like, again, no, no regrets with all that, but this too what? shall pass. Mm. This too shall pass. The, the hard time we were having, you know, um, my middle child, Cody, was born with a lot of um, medical, I mean, there was so many medical issues mm. that we had as young parents with him. Um, and, um, and that was really, really tough. And, you know, I wish, I wish back then I could have just sat down and thought, okay, this too shall pass mm. because it was hard for us. It was hard for us as a couple to go through that. Um, and, I just didn't have the frame of reference or the wherewithal. The only thing that's constant in this world is change. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the only constant thing is change. And so everything passes. Good will pass and bad will pass. So had we just gotten through that really hard time, um, it would have been okay. Yeah. Everything would have been okay. It would have all worked out. It would have been okay. And mm -hmm. to your point, though, about you saying, you know, oh, people who say that you want everyone to get divorced or you're a man hater or whatever. To that point, though, there are a lot of people that are in relationships that they shouldn't be in. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So yes, many absolutely. people in relationships that they should have left years ago or whatever. Yeah. Yes, because I would rather be alone. Mm hmm. Then be in a relationship where I'm crying every day or I feel worthless or I feel, you know, not up to par or I um, just always sad. Mm -hmm. Like that's no way to live life either. Mm -hmm. That is no way to live life. Um, so, yeah, no, a lot of people should not be. I'm going to be the first one to say my parents probably should have not been together. Mm -hmm. She, my mom is an angel. 
adore her. She needs, she deserves a medal. Um, but yeah, she, you know, it was tough for her in that marriage. Mm -hmm. And, um, on that same token, you're right. Not everybody should be together. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember watching my, my parents when I was growing up and love them both. They're both great parents. Um, and I remember as a young child being like, this doesn't feel like this should be happening. Mm. And they were always yeah. so great. They were gracious with each other. They presented a very nice marriage to me. But even then you just could feel that like, you know, you guys would be so much happier in a different circumstance. And they did end up getting divorced when I was older. And now they're both wildly happier with other yes. people. Yes. You know, and the and kids do pick up on the tension. I mean, they absolutely do. I mean, I feel like I had to work so much harder as a parent to instill in my kids what is good and what is healthy. Mm -hmm. And to almost like I almost felt like a traitor. I almost felt like I was living this life where I was like, do as I say, not as I do, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, what you just saw is not right, and what he just said is not right. And what just happened is so not okay. Mm, mm. And I felt like I was always um, just working harder at making them understand that this is not, do not aspire to have this. Mm. This is not what you want. How mm. do you, you, you said this earlier too, you know, you're like, I, I um, will give my kids advice for if they ask for it. And then you were just saying now, you know, like I want to like impart this wisdom. How do you find a balance between like not lecturing your kids or telling them what to do with their life when you feel like you've got the right answer for them? Um, so generally what, if they ask me, which they actually kind of do a lot, to be honest, mm -hmm. um, then I will give my advice. But do you have a hard I time holding yourself back sometimes when no. you're not asked for it? You don't. Mm -mm. Why is that? No, not at all. No, I think it's just my personality. Mm. Um, I think it's just my personality really now. Like I remember, <laughs> Taylor, forgive me. <laughs> um, my daughter, uh, when she was living here, they're all, they've all moved out now. But um, when my daughter was moving here about two years ago, she had showed up with this, guy that I had never met before and they ordered did not introduce me to him he did not introduce himself they went about their business came in I heard them come in went about their business did whatever they were doing and then they ordered dinner and then they went to the back and had dinner and then on his way out he's like oh thanks for having me it was nice meeting you and I looked at him I'm like I don't, I don't even know who the fuck you are I don't know who you are and he's like, oh, um, I'm sorry. My name is, I don't even know what the hell his name was, Matt. I think I can't remember. And she's like, well, mom, that was rude. I'm like, this is my house. Yeah. <laughs> this is my this fucking is my house. <laughs> you bring somebody into my home. I have no idea who they are. You go off and do whatever. Three hours later, you're having dinner. And then he's out the door. So I'm, she's like, well, that was rude. I'm like, I don't give a shit that yeah. that was rude. <laughs> she's like, this is my home. I can <laughs> say whatever house. I want. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. Do I look like I care? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I was rude. And for him, like, introduce yourself. Right, right. And there's a big, big, big difference. She's now dating this guy who I love. And this was the very first interaction with him. 
comes into the house wearing a mask, comes down the hall, I'm sitting in the living room. Hi, mom, this is Justin. Oh, hey, Justin, nice to meet you, how are you? Hi, Mrs. Moynes, very nice to meet you, nice to meet you. And I'm like, oh, honey, you don't have to wear your mask in my house, it's okay, just stay six feet away from me. He's like, no, no, you know what, you don't know me and with all due respect, I have no problem wearing my mask in your home and you don't know me. Wow, yeah. <laughs> You're like, check, check, check. Check, 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 check. You can stay. Yeah. So, no, I really don't have a hard time with my kids. And they wouldn't expect anything different from me than to be completely honest and say it like it is. Well, that's my thing, too. It's like when I have, uh, whether it be one of my parents or someone that I respect in my life, like, I always, if they don't instill their opinion unwanted on me or advice, those are the people I mm. always find myself going to the most often mm. to ask. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah, and I don't, like, I don't, I don't really come at them unless it's something that I think is going to be like detrimental. Sure. Uh, then I really don't, I, I, I don't really, yeah, I don't. Mm. But when they ask, oh, you better believe you're going to, Yeah. Totally. Do you have any tips on that? Because I, I'm, I'm not even joking. I want to give everyone my advice and my peace of mind all the time. I want to tell them, and, and and I know where it comes from deep down is I know that I do want to help people, but uh, it's not always helpful. But I'm like, oh, I'm, I bet I can help you find the answer. Let me, let me, let me tell you what I think because I'm, it's gonna help. <laughs> It's a great name for a podcast. Let me tell you what I think. Um, uh, Yeah. So what I always say to my kids too, when they're always in that mode of trying to help someone else Mm. or trying to do good for someone else, no good deed goes unpunished. And sometimes when you, um, because I would, this this is what I would hate. I would hate to give my unsolicited advice that I think is great advice and then have it backfire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I do often think about that. Like, I know what I'm thinking about that particular situation or that person or that dynamic or that, whatever it is. And if you just let it play out on its own, they will figure it out on on their own, Mm -hmm. whether it's a, whether it's with a boss, a coworker, a romantic relationship. Uh, Oftentimes I just give it enough time to let it play out. Now, having said that, if it's something, like I said, that is detrimental sure. or that is going sure, to harm sure, in sure, way, sure. or that is, then yeah, I'm going to step in and say something. But um, I let my kids navigate their life as much as, but he, Cody, my middle child, went to school, graduated with honors, wrote his MCATs, was going to be a vet. At the 11th hour, after spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on university, says, mom, I think I want to be a pilot instead. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God. Oh my God. No, but I wanted you to be Dr. Cody. <laughs> no, now he's Captain Cody. And so at the time I was really like, oh, I really just want to say, Cody, you spent five years in school. You graduated yeah. with honors. You played football the entire time. You're so gifted. You're so smart pursue this. This is your passion. You can, Blake can bring you all the animals in the world to be set up. (laughs) No, he's now a pilot and loves his life. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad I didn't interject there because I wanted to, but no. So that always reminds me Mm because yeah, he's, he's loving, he's loving it. 
Mm. Love it. Well, Emily, can you please? So we have your book. Can you tell us the name of your podcast, Broads? We're gonna. We're also, gonna what's have... the name of the book again? Oh, hang on, just a second. <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny you asked. Yeah. Funny you should ask. Oh my god! Love it. Rising up. Love it. Love it. Women, we need to rise up, take charge of our lives, and rebuild a kick-ass life. You can all rebuild a kick-ass life. I left a marriage with no support. Had to figure it out on my own and I'm doing fine. You've got to work your ass off. You've got to sacrifice. You definitely have to compromise, but you can do it. You can, if you want it bad enough, you Mm -hmm. can. We'll make sure that that is tagged in the episode notes below so you can purchase that and then tell us about the podcast and broads will tag that in the episode notes as well. Podcast. I just started the podcast. It really was sort of like a natural um, progression from the book. It's called my podcast is get real with mama Moines. (laughs) And okay. So I actually did have some negative stuff on that on Reddit. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, don't go yeah, there. Don't yeah, go there. That will break anyone don't, down. Don't, yeah, no, I don't. I do not go to Reddit at all, but it was brought to my attention. Somebody brought it to my attention. Sure. That, um, sorry, my dogs are barking, distracting. This is a zoo in here. I've got cats, dogs, birds. So, <laughs> um, so somebody said that I am now, right after I launched my podcast, that I am riding Blake's coattails and that, yeah, that I'm riding his coattails and that what an opportunistic person I am to launch this podcast. Who the fuck cares though? Who the fuck cares if you are like riding his coattails? <laughs> First of all, you're like, there's, nothing, I, there's literally nothing wrong with that. No, you're like, I raised this human being. Okay. <laughs> well, I actually responded and I'm like, you guys can go kick fucking rocks because I was here way before Blake Moines was here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had this platform way before he was a TV reality star. So I wrote a book five years ago. I've been talking about women's empowerment for five years. So. Yeah. So you're like, bye. Also, one of my favorite things about your son right away on Instagram was when everyone got off the season and everyone was like promoting, you know, they're taking all the sexy selfies of themselves, starting to do ads that Blake barely posted on Instagram except promoting his mother and I'm like that is my most favorite thing <laughs> he loves his mother he respects his mother Aww. he doesn't care about this platform he knows the power of what his mom is doing and he's putting it out there and I was like that guy that's the guy I love that. <laughs> that's the guy I know that was so cute I didn't even ask him to do that I did see that that he had promoted my blog that's so sweet so sweet so sweet um, actually it's so dumb people always say that like oh you're trying to capitalize on your 15 minutes of fame and it's like and yeah yeah well and i did address that too because i'm like well i'm not dumb hello i'm gonna take the attention (laughs) yes i am you need people to follow you and you need people to listen to the podcast yeah (laughs) i mean what else are you supposed to do ridiculous so i'm okay with that so that was the one and only time i actually had to address it ignore ignore <laughs> um okay so get real we're gonna have that tagged and do you discuss a lot of what you talk about in your book or what's what's the podcast yeah so the podcast so it's a lot like I said it really is sort of a takeoff of the book so mm-hmm. I do talk about a lot about divorce so before I started the podcast I sort of put it out there to all the li- listeners like list followers which is I have like 95 percent women that follow me um 
what do you want me to talk about? What do you want to know? What do you want to know about my specific situation? What do you mm. want to know about? I can like, I know everything about narcissistic abuse. I know the court system. I know like I've been divorced twice. Like, what do you guys need help with? Mm. And so I had, um, I was inundated with all these messages. And so basically I'm checking it off the list. It has a lot to do. Um, it has a lot to do with navigating the court system, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. abusive relationships, how to recognize them and how to thrive after them. Um, and then I talk a lot about fun stuff. Like I just did one on the dick pic, like, da like dating in your fifties and what the fuck do you do with that now? <laughs> and sex. That's sting. so fun. I'm like, Whoa, this is uncharted territories for me. So I do fun stuff like that as well. Um, I get a lot of people asking me questions like, um, skincare or, um, uh, you know, like what do you use or what, what's your skincare routine? Mm -hmm. So I'll do stuff like that. Uh, pro, you know, my favorite products, answer their questions. Um, and I'm actually recording tomorrow with my 13 year old niece, like the effects of social media. Oh, cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. On, on, on our youth. So, um, cause I get a lot of parents saying I'm like, I'm newly divorced. I'm having a really hard time with my kids. Mm -hmm. I can't get one off her phone and she's like a total addict. So I thought, Oh, great freaking topic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's just everyday just life, everything that life throws at you. Yeah. If I know a little bit about it or I'll research it. And then I talk about it with my, one of my best friends of 35 years. Love I it. Love that. Well, like I said, that's in the episode notes, Emily, before we let you go, I do have one question that I know everyone's going to ask because I just saw you post about it on social media about Thanksgiving coming oh, yeah. in a oh. couple <laughs> weeks. Will you be, will you be meeting Aunt we'll Lindsay? See. I plan on hosting, uh, well, here's the, here's the honest to God truth. So uh, we have Canadian Thanksgiving in October. Right. I think that my dear child is going to be in Africa now oh, okay. during the month of October. Tragic. Oh. Tragic. But I, I look forward to hosting it, Lindsay, at some point. Amazing. I cannot wait for that yeah. moment and to hear about the conversation yes i will tape it <laughs> <laughs> put it on a patreon the for the crew in there. <laughs> maybe i'll secretly tape it actually <laughs> get her on Just the podcast have... you seriously that is a great podcast guest oh my goodness oh i do want to ask that what was your thought when you saw her mom and aunt on with her hometowns or yeah yeah. So again, again, I, I, you know, I had the privilege of sort of being forewarned. Sure. Um, before, beforehand. Um, but I don't know if you saw, I did, I don't know if you, I, I don't even know if you guys have seen the social media picture where I, I have, so it's Aunt Lindsay's face yes. on the big screen. Yes. And I had a lot of people over that day because I had a big party for the finale. And I thought I heard her say, um, you don't matter. We don't care about you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was sitting back. So I'm like, what? what did you do? <laughs> so I got up and I walked over to the TV so I could hear it. But somebody snapped a picture and I'm literally like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, listen here, Aunt Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. And I posted that. 
and like people went nuts for that picture. But um, I mean, I knew it was coming. Yeah. And, um, you know, and for the most part, I wonder how much she was coaxed sure. as well to, you know, to add to the, to sure. the sensationalism of the moment. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually, I was, I, I was dying at Blake's facial expression. Yeah. <laughs> I, like that for me was so funny. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. He's a, he's like, yep, 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 yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say like I'm just going to shut up because nothing I say is going to make any difference. And he handled himself so, so well, well in that. So well. That should have been a problem. That's so too. him though. Like that is a true testament to his personality. Chill. Yeah. Okay. Like, what am I going to do? All right. <laughs> yeah. Next. <laughs> yeah. Love it. It was love so it. good. Well, Emily, we love you. You are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, this is a blast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank and you for having me. Broads, Thank you. you know where to follow and show Emily the Broad Squad love. And we'll chat soon. Chat soon. This message comes from NPR sponsor Grammarly. Get to the point faster and accomplish more with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. And when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium, get 20% off for being an NPR listener. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcasts.